Do you know what this is? It's a bone. It's a femur. It's a femur bone. A femur just happens to be a human thigh bone, right? Wait, how do you know that? Biology 101. I mean, look at the size of this thing. You think this came off a chicken or something? Where the hell did Vince get this? There's no doubt anymore. This is real. Your neighbors are murdering people. They're chopping them up. They're burying them in their backyard. Ray, this is Walter. No! I don't think I knew about them before I looked up this track. I knew about them because um, Sam Herring is on a bad, bad, good, good album that I really liked. And he sounded so good that I was like, who is that? And he's the lead singer of Future Islands. And I kind of got into them that way. I know about this because Douglas introduced me to KXP a long, long time ago. <laughs> and their um, music podcasting has songs from everywhere. And I think this song has featured at least three times. I found it so hard to keep up with a lot of those music podcasts where I just couldn't do it. Even even like the tiny desk live mm-hmm. concert things that I try hard to like watch some watch as many new things to like hear new stuff. Like I just can't keep up. I just yeah. felt frustrated and I, I stopped listening oh. to the KEXP song of the day stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I, ne- so. I never did the song of the day. They have like a two. I don't even remember what it's called. I remember like I, a stopped, I stopped listening to that because for the same reason as Andrew. I listen to like a few single song a day podcasts mm-hmm. because I can do that in the morning, right? So every morning I listen to that. And then there is All Things Considered. That's all I can handle anymore. Well, <laughs> I because, handle anymore. because I go on these long walks, um, they're good for that. Because usually I just listen to the same albums I've been listening to my entire life. <laughs> but once you introduce me to KXP, I could go. No, it backfires sometimes because there are songs I don't want to hear. <laughs> um, I'm just like, boy, no, isn't the time to be listening to this song. There are a lot of bikes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got some bikes in the background, which I think is fitting for one of at least one of the movies we're going to be talking uh, about today. Did you, you, you watch the Tom Segura specials, right? I watched one of them. All right. So there's this joke that he and his wife has. That whenever he hears a bike, him and his wife scream, Bikes! <laughs> I don't remember it well enough. I remember yeah. part of the reason I watched it was because he was coming here. And I was mm-hmm. like, I know Damien talks about him all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, let me watch one of his specials and see if I like him enough that I want to like go and actually see mm-hmm. him. 
and I didn't really like him enough. I'm not saying he's bad, bad, <laughs> right? But I didn't yes. like him enough that I was like, I'm going to go to that show. Uh, is there a button for ditto on this thing? I would like to ditto the last 10 seconds of Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving along, as we, we, we finally get into talking about on this podcast, this is the Hyundai Movie Podcast, this is Andrew. This is Damien. And this is Douglas. <laughs> and this week we're here to gather together to once again discuss the works of one Mr. Edgar Wright as we delve into his latest film, The Last Night in Soho. something in my dreams. There was a girl. And you are? Sandy. Say, there was a girl and her name was Sandy. Um, the the film the film follows uh, a young woman by the name of Ellie, I believe Eleanor Eloise. Sorry, Eloise. Eloise. Yeah. Eloise. Like I'm trying to fill in the name, even though in my head I say Ellie. Mm-hmm. Um, Eloise, who lives in modern day England, she goes to she gets into um, gets into fashion school, and she's very much into the old vintage records, and she. Loves everything about 60s Soho. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly in this experience of going to school, fashion school near that same area, she puts on a record, goes to sleep, and suddenly finds herself dreaming of 1960s Soho, where she sees Sandy, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, um, who is a young woman wanting to be a, sing- a singer, and, uh, a performer um, in the time. And... We continue revisiting these dreams over and over to find the full story of what happened to Alexandra or Sandy. Um, and I think that's the starting point from there. I'll let Douglas take us into his love of one Mr. Wright here. Hoo-hoo! Yes, Edgar Wright here right now. Um, so you are 100% right, sir. Um the main reason for me wanting to watch this movie is the director Edgar Wright, the um, a part of the trio behind the Cornetto trilogy and the team. I don't know how many of them there were. It's probably really two um, plus him um, being Jessica Stevenson, I think was her last name at the time, and um, Simon Pegg behind Spaced. Uh, a lot of the things that we love. And since then, he has done um, things that we we love as well. Baby Driver, for instance. And so as soon as Edgar Wright says, I have more movies, Douglas Robinson says, I have more movies to watch. 
So this was immediately on my list. And have we all seen the Sparks Brothers doctor? I haven't seen that one no. yet, but I do intend to. <laughs> Here's Listen, me making not, fun that's... of Douglas's ignore ig- Douglas's Douglas's silencing of documentary film. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's a real story. That can take a back burner. It's still going yeah. to get watched, but right. it's not as important as a fake story. And this fake story uh, immediately harked back, harkened back to previous work. It started out, and I made sure to make a note of it. This movie started out with a musical number, uh, just like Baby, Di- uh, Baby Driver. Uh, not as good as Baby Driver, but um, at least it, it made me smile a little bit because it reminded me of things that I liked. And unfortunately, that was the last time it reminded me of things that I liked. This movie is not for me. This movie ended up being just a horror movie and i was very disappointed <laughs> it's it's literally just a ghost story and um something also and i know this is on me um but this movie is extremely pretty because as we know edgar wright is very good at making things pretty but it did not have his signature style his signature editing style which um was there but a little bit different in baby driver with the coronetos it's like up um up in your face with how he cuts things together and um uh i guess almost does a full i wouldn't say luke besson style because he really only did it with um uh the fifth element um but but very much in that vein of how you edit um, and making it a part of the movie itself and helping um, the storytelling work and the humor work. Um, and that isn't done here. W- what he does here is more, less on the editing front and more on the, the looks front and the effects front and the fact that you have um, Eloise and um, Vovovich um, kind of being uh, inter, <laughs> kind of being interwoven together in all of these visuals, where you see um, Eloise looking into the past and Anya Taylor Joy being in the past, and them not exactly interacting, but at least visually interacting for for our benefit. And listen, it's it's really cool how he does it. Yeah, um, but. This movie, at the end of the day, is kind of a boring ghost story. And I'm not happy with that. Uh, some of, the, some of the, the, the players play hard. Edgar Wright plays hard. Uh, the story does not. I don't know if he had anything to do with the story. I, I, I was too disappointed to, yeah. to check. Um, but he probably did. I'm, I'm sorry. He, he's credited as writing the story. No. Um, hopefully he has he moves on to, to, to something that, that I really enjoy. But the truth is, this is listen, a lot of people are going to like it. I know a lot of people do like it. You you've seen the buzz out there um, with people talking about how great this movie is. Um, it, it's gonna be another thing in his tool shed. Um, take this prettiness and put it into a story I like and, and I'll be happy. So please. Um, do something else for me to 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 enjoy. Thank you very much. Can't Damian. wait for him Andrew, to can't wait for him to get hired for Ant Man four, <laughs> right? Because three's already happening, so we need him for four, right? 
Yeah. Um, Hasn't it essentially already happened? Have they not like shot it already? I think it's filming or some. It's like in in progress. Like it's not in a stage where I expect him to just get picked up and be like, "Ant Man Three is mine now," so I'm giving him four. Oh, right. yeah. I, I I doubt that, especially <laughs> because he essentially got up off the out of the office and ran out and lifted up his desk and said, "I'm out." <laughs> Random thing. I was like in all of this Soho thing. I was reading and like watching a lot of Edgar Wright interviews talking about stuff, and someone asked him. Stupidly, because there's this thing now where people love to ask every director under the sun about comic book movies. Um, and someone asked him, like, have you seen Ant-Man? And he was like, no. The closest he said he came to it, which I thought was hilarious, was that he was on a plane and, like, the person sitting beside him, not knowing who he was or anything, mm-hmm. apparently, just was sitting there watching Ant-Man on his laptop. <laughs> That's and fantastic. I want to, <laughs> I just kind of, like, I, I think that image is hilarious to me, right? And I agree with him. Ant-Man isn't good. He shouldn't watch it. The second <laughs> one is all right, though. You can watch that one. Um, but anyways, talking about this movie, this movie is fine. It's like, like I, it, what it did, what it is, and it made me think a lot about the question as to what is it I like about an Edgar Wright movie, Right. Because we can talk about the jokes, we can talk about performances, we can talk about stuff. But I realized the number one thing that makes an Edgar Wright movie an Edgar Wright movie to me is the editing. Style. Right? <laughs> it's, and, and, and it's not so much like the style of like a Scott Pilgrim where it kind of looked a little comic book or the style of a Shaun of the Dead where it kind of, where it looked like that. 28 days later look or the style of baby driver where it came off like a sleek 90s thriller car chase movie it's the way he edits his scenes together the way in which almost like how he will how i've heard like even jackie chan talk about editing of action movies where he talks about editing punches where he on the second edit he pulls it back a little bit and your brain kind of fits it together to make punches more powerful in your head like i feel like edgar wright knows how to do that stuff for like where he will skip over things that we consider not important anymore because we've seen five thousand movies or he'll focus on something that we don't focus on usually like brushing your teeth or like taking a shit in Shaun of the Dead and all of the things that go into using the bathroom to then have a reveal in the back. The way he creates dense scenes in which you want nothing more than to spend five hours watching that scene over and over, discovering more and more things he's embedded in those scenes. And I don't know if he's taken these same things, because I know part of these things are there in this movie, but I don't know if he's taken these things and made them just more subtle so that it's not as overt as it is in all of his other movies that I enjoy and I find fun just seeing the, the way things move forward, scene to scene, cut to cut, song to song. Because when I watch this movie, the only thing that I pay attention to as something that I consider unique or special or cute about this movie is the mirror thing, right? And even that... Like it doesn't feel like it, it, it didn't feel special, right? It felt kind of like mute, like I don't care. Like, um, yeah, I actually, agree. It, <laughs> it felt like something that anybody else could have done. And I, I hold Edgar Wright to such a high standard. I feel like when I watch a movie of his, 
it should be something that only he can create. And this did not feel that way, yeah. you know? Um, like, the one thing I'd say, which obviously, like, there's always this thing with movies where you can, you, can, you can watch a movie and you can feel a thing about it. And then you can, like, hear about the behind-the-scenes things and then say, okay, that was kind of cute. But because it didn't really hit you at the time, it's kind of ancillary. It's kind of don't really matter because it doesn't make the movie better. Um, like, uh, talking about the mirror thing, like, obviously, like, a lot of it is, like, double shots and CG and stuff. Um, the one that I found cute was apparently the first scene where um, Ellie uh, Ellie is in the dream and she sees um, the Queen's Gambit, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> um, and they see each other in the mirror. Um, A, apparently the, the, the guy who deals with her coat or whatever, that is um, the twins from the Harry Potter movie, the... The, the Weasley ah, twins. Yeah. Um, and apparently it specifically had to be twins because that was one, one of the only shots of the mirror that was like real, like there wasn't an actual mirror. Mm-hmm. So they had the two of them, the two twins right. on the other side, which I found interesting. Yeah. But does it make the movie better? Not really. <laughs> um, like the movie, the movie to me is fine. Like it's a movie where like the first half I'm okay with, like it, it, it felt like a, it felt like a cheaper Edgar Wright movie for that first half where it, it had a, it had a thing where it went through its stuff. It had some music, which obviously is another thing of Edgar Wright movies. He does great soundtracks. Um, and I mean, there are a bunch of directors that I love who do great soundtracks and their movies have great soundtracks, but it's also, also, also um, stamps in my brain, the reminder that the soundtrack doesn't make the movie. The soundtrack is the thing on top, right? That makes me love what's going on with the movie um so sure you can play a bunch of songs from the 60s that sound cute and i will enjoy but i will immediately forget that it came from this movie (laughs) if i didn't love the movie um but yeah this movie is fine at best right uh listen we are we all love edgar right here and you two are trying to be nice um as um, long-term members and holders of um, the Edgar Wright for President Club. I get it. Uh, But there's times we have to call a spade a spade, and this movie is a spade. Uh, The movie's bad. (laughs) Listen, uh, the thing, the one thing we can focus on is... um, the and you've talked about it a little um the mirror stuff um it's it's pretty cool um that first long scene where she's pulled into the past and at some point um the vivich takes over and you see her like um there's there's this recurring thing where men ask her her name and everyone's like, that's a lovely name. And she keeps changing the name and making the name more outlandish and bland. And all of them do the same thing and say the same thing. And you see her in the mirror, hand to her jaw, bored to tears. because she cannot keep doing this. And I enjoyed that section of the movie. 
that is the only section of the movie that I enjoyed. Uh, they telegraph who the bad person is. The third act uh, is a waste of everyone's time. You worked out who was doing this the moment you saw the landlord. You're just like, that is the criminal. <laughs> right? And the entire time, I was just like, please let the grandmother be in on this. Let there be something to tie this back to her grandmother so that there can at least be something about this. Uh, but no, everything is on the nose. Um, the mean girls at the school didn't have anything to do with it. Um, she goes to the school her first day. There's a man standing outside the door and he's like, hey, you need help? And she's like, no, thank you. And you're like, all right, I guess he's a love interest. And sure enough, he's a love interest. <laughs> and like people use this term a lot, um, especially once Game of Thrones was on TV. But the reason Edgar Wright movies worked is because they subvert a lot of your expectations. His movies on its face look like one thing and then he works ridiculously hard to make them something else and feel fresh. But this movie is none of those things. No part of this movie is entertaining. None of it is fresh. And Douglas is like, oh, this turned into a horror movie at the end. And I was just like, did it do? Where's the horror at the end of this movie? No, this, this, you and I will, will agree that this movie is not scary. But this turned into a paint-by-numbers yeah. ghost movie, which people call a horror movie. Like, the one thing I'd say is that, sure, maybe there's some telegraphing. I, I mean, I don't think I fully saw it. I don't know if it was that I wasn't caring enough to, like, piece things together. <laughs> um, but I did really like the, the like, whole thing of um, Terrence Stamp in this movie is just r ridiculously great. Right, I I love him in most things, but he was great in this movie, and I really did like the old lady who's played by Diana Rigg. Yeah, right, like everything about her, like she was she was probably the funniest part of this movie yeah. to me. Like just having her responses to like everything that goes on about like saying men are coming into my my building and stuff. Like I thought it was the most hilarious yeah. shit ever. Right, like no men in this building after eight. It's like, all right. That makes sense to me. <laughs> um, listen, I, like everyone on this podcast, wanted to love this movie. Uh, because it said Edgar, Edgar Wright's name is on the marquee. You're just like, Edgar Wright presents, and then it wouldn't matter what is underneath that. You're going, like, we're going to watch that documentary, even though it's Edgar Wright. Uh, even though it's something Douglas clearly doesn't care about. No one cares about it. Uh, but this this one ain't it. I very much wanted it to be it, but this ain't it. This is it, listen, every director that we love gets a bad movie. Let's hope this is Edgar Wright's one 
truly bad. Like I don't exactly. like Sean. I, I, agree. I don't like. I agree. Um, this is um this is his only bad movie. No, um, and that's exactly what Damien <laughs> just said, which means that uh-huh. he has agreed yes. that he likes Scott Pilgrim. Right. I am not the biggest Scott Pilgrim fan, um, but listen. This movie's bad. Like, this is a bad movie. I watched that movie even just the other day. That movie is so good. Uh, Scott Pilgrim. I'm man. going oh, to I'm going it. to sit down one day and rewatch Scott Pilgrim. Know that, and I think I fell into the Andrew trap where Andrew loved that movie so hard. I was just like, I can't, I cannot. But. I had to use the L word with that movie. Mm-hmm. What's the L word? Lesbians. Ah. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> oh, that movie's so good. I'll, listen, I'll I'll definitely give this movie a rewatch. Um, I just... Look, look, dog. Stop trying to distract me from the fact that this movie is bad. <laughs> this is just a bad movie. Uh, I love yeah. Edgar Wright, but this movie is not great. You know, it's a dud. Move along with yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, he's made such classics that this won't even be in his footnotes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, Baby Driver. Uh, Hot Fuzz. Paste. Yeah, like he's done enough to mint him as one of the greats. So, listen, everyone gets something wrong. Uh, yeah. yeah. So moving on um, to the next movie we're here to talk about. It mm-hmm. is the latest film that won the Palm Door. That is... I'm sorry, Messi, Messi won the, la- the next film? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Ballon d'Or? Yep. Um, Titan. So, Titan. it's a story in which, before I even start talking, I feel the minute I start explaining the plot of this movie, I'm going to be quote-unquote spoiling it for a lot of people. To the point at which, when I saw this a couple months ago and I came on the podcast, yeah. I said, guys, do you want me to say anything? And I got a vehement negative. Yeah. So I very much want to start by saying to everyone listening to this, if you've not seen Titan and you very much care about Titan seeing it... Yeah. Pause now. Skip ahead to like the the check mark that I'll have in the show notes to move to like the what we've been watching section. Come back when you feel like it. But we're gonna talk to Tan, and I can't promise that we won't speak about certain elements of it throughout. Listen, any attempt to try and understand this story is a fool's errand. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we say can spoil this story because it is. Bananas. <laughs> so, the the film follows. <laughs> um, the film follows a young woman by the name of Alexia, um, who turns out to be a serial killer. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's 
she has a metal plate in her head from when she was a child, was in a mm-hmm. car accident. Um, she is a dancer and happens to murder people on the side. One day, on al- along with her murdering, her murdering streaks, um, she dis- she actually makes a mistake and doesn't murder well enough, mm-hmm. right? And start and has to go on the run. Whilst on the run, she decides to hide herself as a as a as a man is a youth <laughs> as a youth yeah um who has been lost for many a days and ends up staying with um a elder fireman by the name of vincent in i just a... I, I just want to pause here and just point out one fact right mm-hmm. uh, associated with this portion of the story just so that people understand what kind of movie we're talking about. It is said in this movie that the, the person, the boy that she is pretending to be, would be 17 years old mm-hmm. today. Yes. It is also said in this movie that she is 32 years old. Yes. Okay? So just think about that. And that's the women, movie we Women watched. take better care of their skin. Andrew, you may continue. <laughs> Douglas, <laughs> Douglas, the fact that you've wasted our time <laughs> by trying to say that that is the thing. That has, oh, no, 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 no. That is not the no, thing or even has, a thing. That has I just any want to, bearing I, I just, on anything. That it doesn't. It exactly. I, I just want to, to, to make... Let our listeners know, those who have decided that they have not watched this movie but still want to hear us talk rubbish, before we even get into it, this is how ridiculous this movie is, right? And this is just a very small... This is like the sanest plot point, just to let you know. Yeah, without (laughs) a doubt. That is the thing that makes the most sense in the movie. (laughs) The plot I've described is like the, the baseline... Like, if you're just explaining this movie in a pitch room kind of version right. of the story. If you're lying to people, then yes, right? that is what this movie is. There are, like, so many smaller facets in this story that I have not mentioned yet. And I'm sure we will as to how people get to where they get and, how, and what state they're in at that point. But the movie just kind of rolls with it at that point where it is now um, Vincent and Alexia in this father-son relationship as she hides out from the police and he reconnects with his lost son um, dealing with his issues. So I want to throw it to Damon at this point since he's already yes. he's already thrown in his his mm-hmm. his vote for this for, for the Palm Door winner. Yes. Right. Um, a lot of times when people hand out awards, you can look at those movies and go think you people have made a terrible mistake not this time uh this movie is truly spectacular uh it is some of the most uh french nonsense i've seen in a good long time uh i am surprised that they didn't call douglas and send him a screener ahead of that. They're just like, listen, uh, I know he's not a judge for the Palm Door, but one man needs to see this movie immediately, and his name is Douglas Robinson. <laughs> uh, I don't know 
what is different about French cocaine, but I know it is better than everyone else's cocaine. <laughs> that is with a hundred percent certainty. I still say Japan is up there. Like, like, like Japan. Like, I'd probably put it toe to toe: Japan cocaine and French Listen cocaine. Japan has there's a lot of madness coming out of Japan right let me not say that Japan isn't doing it very big but French madness is something on a whole like this movie isn't plastic bag jellyfish it is more holy motors than it is plastic bag jellyfish but in my head, all of them are the same. It is just lunacy. And g- this movie is not fun. It is very graphic. There's many a times, even though I know the movie and what they're doing to her is fake and she's not actually doing these things. Watch, knowing, having your brain think that and still seeing it on the screen, it does not help. My the amount of times I had to look away from the screen because they're not shying away from anything. But sweet lord, this movie is good. <laughs> that's me doing donuts in the street. Uh, for I the think listeners. I think that's I think that's the your 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 live audience agreeing yeah. with you. Right. You're like yay to tan yeah. palm door winner. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Andrew touched on as lightly as he possibly could what this movie is about. Question mark. <laughs> uh, I talked about what gets you scene to scene. (laughs) That's not what the movie's about. (laughs) Um, The movie starts and you're already uh, in a position where something has happened to a child and you're just like, this is very early in this movie for us to be here. And you see something innocuous and then they take that to the furthest extent I've ever... This young child, after getting surgery, goes and hugs the car and kisses the car as if to say, oh, I just miss being outside. And then this movie turns. (laughs) And it turns quickly and as hard as possible. <laughs> Whatever direction you thought the movie was going, the movie made it very clear that it is not going there with you. It is going on its own special separate journey. And at no point watching this movie did I expect what happened the next scene. None of the, the things in this movie you can predict because you've never taken enough French cocaine to be on this level. <laughs> no one has ever been this high in their life. <laughs> the fact that someone was able to write down and recreate what has to be a cocaine fever dream is to be commended. And I'm glad that they did give them an award for doing that. Because this movie, there's 
there's nothing else like this movie. There will never be anything else like this movie. This movie is a one-off one. And there, there might be some negatives that people will nitpick about this movie. I'm here to tell everybody right now. I do not care what these people have to say about this movie. All I see is a shining beacon to lunacy. French lunacy. And to the very final shot of this movie, I was gripped a hundred percent. I didn't lose. This movie didn't lose me or sway me at any point. I was pinned to the screen. Uh, were there times I was smiling where I should not have been smiling? Yes, obviously. But this movie this movie is a testament to the fact that we still have places to go with movie making. Not all every story has been told. A lot of times we're like, hey, this is one of those movies, but it is just one of those movies done well. There is no one of these movies. <laughs> There's nothing like this. And uh, like Suspiria and Hozu and R100 and Plastic Bag Jellyfish, there's always going to be uh, some director, some writer that has taken an ungodly amount of cocaine and was handed a bag of money. And I, I can only imagine handing somebody some money and getting this film back. Like, just imagine, because this movie is expensive. There's no doubt in my mind that a lot of money was spent on this film. And to get this movie back, the balls it must have taken to just go, this is perfect, and just have <laughs> distribute this immediately. I have no notes. No notes on this film. <laughs> Put this out as is. <laughs> Let's do this. Uh, yeah, this, mo this movie is beautiful and I love it. I love this movie. Damien, you sure that there weren't... I'm sure there were notes. There must have been notes mm -hmm. where, where the producer said, listen here, young lady. Uh -huh. This movie is not crazy enough. Give me more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I have to say about this movie, um, I am pretty sure I like this movie. <laughs> but the thing about it is... I just I have like one question is... for Douglas. Yeah. Where were your pearls in that picture? <laughs> when you were clutching your pearls? Yeah. It was in his hand. He, he already had ripped yeah. them off. <laughs> yeah. So so I've I've only watched this movie once. I actually just watched it this morning. Uh I feel like this is one of those movies that you need multiple watches to really appreciate it, right? Um and uh, the the truth is this is not one movie this is at least two movies put together and how i kind of separate it is that you have the first half um which is more gory graphic and cringe porn of like a a, a serial killer or i don't even really want to call it a serial killer but uh let's call her an outlaw right um kind of story and then you have the more sedate, the 
the more laid back, the more emotional um, second half, which is which deals with um, the loss of this man's child and her filling that gap um, and them kind of using each other. I don't even want to call it symbiotically because nobody wins, but um, you know, this 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 very destructive yet some destructive relationship that yet somehow kind of works for the two of them at least in the moment, right? Um, and I remember while I was watching the movie, that's where I kind of got disappointed because it's hard, especially when you've kind of gotten into a flow and you're like, okay, this is what this movie is, right? This, it's not exactly fast-paced, but it feels, it's more bonkers, right? It's this bonkers thing. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, let's, it's almost like, um, uh, uh, to, to, to hark back to a stupid movie that I watched fairly recently, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. There is a crazy bus drive that they're having and, all of a sudden, they just stop, right? And they're like, all right, let's slow down, right? So, so, so that's, that's what this movie does. And so it kind of, it, it, it takes you out of your element after it already took you out of your element to, to put you in this crazy place. But, you know, there are a few things that um, I think we really need to talk about. Well, first of all, the first half of this movie is amazing, right? Um... So, and I really was on a roller coaster with it because they don't give you a lot of context, as you said. They kind of start you off with her as a child. And I love, I love her coming out of that surgery, looking at a car and being, I love you, car, and hugging it up and kissing it. I just, there, is, there is something about her doing that that just shows. I remember watching her and being like, ah, you're a little badass, aren't you? Um, and and that's just that's just great. Um, but this movie is so cringeworthy, and it starts from the beginning. And I remember thinking at first that maybe it was just me because I know I have certain things that I cringe about that other people don't, like simple things, like like germ-related things, right? Like like sticky things. So, for example, she killed somebody very early in this movie. And um, by the way, just to let you know, and I don't know what you folks, you guys felt about it, but when it happened, I remember thinking to myself, oh, this seems like a one-off thing, but I'm cool with that because that was a righteous kill. You know, you know like when, um, when the, the police officers, when, when they come and they get together, the SWAT team says, oh, shit, we, we killed another one. Was that one clean? I was like, I thought to myself, yeah, that's a clean kill. That's okay. That's, that's acceptable within the, the, the movie like rules that we're working with, right? It wasn't until later that you realized, as you said, that this was not the first and this will not be the last. <laughs> um, uh, but she uses, and I don't know what the technical term is, I just call it a chopstick. Um, it's it's this, this stick thing that, that um, a lot of, you used to hold up your hair. I don't know what it's really called. But she uses it and she stabs him in the air, right? Which is a very efficient way to murder um, this, this fellow. So I was completely on board. It's called a hairpin. 
<laughs> no, that's not a hairpin. A hairpin is a teeny tiny thing. No, Her thing we was... call hairpins. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, it wasn't though. It wasn't that. No, we call the small ones hairpins. Yeah. But that thing, it is uh-huh. a hair. It pins your hair. It is a hairpin. <laughs> It can't be a hairpin. Like that no, there's no way you call that a hairpin. All right. That is that is like your it, it's, I it's think like calling... is showing his sexism right here. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's like a hairpin plus plus or something. It can't be hairpin. It can't All just right. be hairpin. It's it's like the, the new improved super duper right. hairpin. Has to be, right? All right, dog. Hairpin 2.0. Uh, but it's either the way, murder right? pin. The, there we go. Yes. That's what we're going to call it from now on. So yeah. she uses her murder pin yes, and, and stabs him in the air. Mm-hmm. She pulls it out and not very soon afterwards puts it in her mouth. Without like cleaning it or anything, mm-hmm. that was the first time that I cringed hard, right? Um, and it was not the last. There were many times, and I can't remember what it was, but there was one that made me cringe so hard. I actually kept a face for a little while, um, for like a good half a minute. And it was at that point that I realized I still had the cringe face on that I actually took a picture of myself mm-hmm. and sent it to, to you folks in the group. Um, Did because it involve this, a stool by I, any chance? A stool? Yes, I don't, and a man's No, I don't face. think so. I don't think it was that. Yeah. I, don't think, I think it was before that. Okay. I'm so sorry. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> the word stool to me yes. uh-huh. in my head refers to feces. Exactly. That's what you're what's that's what you're supposed to call it now. Yes. It's the technical term. Us us cool kids can mm-hmm. call it by, you know, the the, the, the slang. Yes. <laughs> Doo doo. Yes. Um I also enjoyed and again as you said Damien, you know, you laugh and you enjoy things you're not really supposed to. But I enjoyed when I found out that the murder pin was actually also a multi purpose tool because um it can, or at least, maybe not successfully, but it can be used for attempted or to attempt both pre-birth and post-birth murders. Yes. So there is that, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but they really got hard in the first half of this movie with how they want to push the envelope with um, a lot of things a lot that she does that jar you out of what you expect and that would you know really be horrible um and and they're very graphic they don't they don't pan away they 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 show everything to you um and and it's it's really jarring so obviously if you have a problem with those kind of things probably not a movie for you but but um if you can somewhat stomach it it may be worth um thinking about watching and um then as you say you have the uh second half which is her on the lamb which i actually like that phrase because when i was watching the second half i thought of a movie we recently watched by the name of lamb um it was very similar in tone i thought um this second half to to the lamb movie and actually in a way um the concept is is similar as well right because this is now where you get to this whole concept of um i guess it's not just so so 
a lot of people will probably love this half of the movie because it is really like it's it's premised on and the big thing is this relationship between the two people who each know they know deep down well one knows deep down one knows straight up because she's she's committing the the crime right but but they know that deception is happening here and they all kind of say you know what i'm going to let it happen i'll allow it because uh they need something right they need some sort of this this fella needs needs this this emo- whether it's emotional support this 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 hole that has been generated by the likely death of his son um and he needs that filled um and she of course you know needs to not be arrested um and also she is pregnant um with an inanimate object again just like lamb <laughs> um or by an inanimate object. Is that better, Damien? I see, I see your face looking you over there. Do, do, are you claiming that sheep are inanimate? Um, when they're... Um, listen here. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the, the thing, you, the analogy you were going to make was... Not uh, human? Some, no, not even that. Someone taking in... Uh, some, I thought the taking in of her mm-hmm. and pretending she's mm-hmm. family is the connection you made with Lamb, because yeah, that man knows. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's act- but, but it's it's weird. It's she, so weird that it's she like was so never un- pregnant though. In Lamb, what? in Lamb, no, Lamb was, was never pregnant, but Lamb is the result. Of, well, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, the result of. Something unholy. Something, yeah. Well, I, I don't want to say unholy, but like... Yeah, no, yeah. something unholy, Doug. <laughs> there you go. Yes. And that's what this... Some unholy motors is yes. going on, right? Yeah. The most so, unholy motors. <laughs> yes. So, so it's actually on, on two levels, a, a very okay. similar thing. But the truth is, my, um, my connection didn't really have to do with the content, even though it's so weird that the yeah. content is so close. It had to do more with the tone of it yes. the, and, and how... Subdued, yeah, subdued it was, and how the pacing was. Um, Also, also I I like how everyone was matter fact about the city. Like at no point did (laughs) the movie treat the thing that was happening as strange or outlandish. Yeah, clearly it is, but the movie is presenting it as if it's just a thing that can happen. Um, Yeah, exactly. And even even when um you know the other firefighters because this fella's a firefighter he's yeah. the chief firefighter um well one in particular how much do like they your... pay firefighters in France because I'm going to go over there and go make some money because boy that man's house is nice um, <laughs> no I don't think you ever saw his house those or at least I mean it looked a little weird because mm-hmm. that that room was rather big but yeah. it seemed as if that room was just a room inside of the the station, no? No, man, there's a there's a point where... It looked like, look like a military barracks where they yeah. had, like, houses, houses that were on okay. the barracks, and you got yeah. one of the houses. Exactly. Right? Um, but it definitely didn't look like... Okay. All right, maybe... Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, there's a lot there of There were a couple happening. nice houses, you know, uh, like, but in the early part when right. she was, like, at but the parents' house there's or a some part, friends, but there's a part apparently where he's, like, a doctor, so that where he's like, hey, fight me. 
And that scene when they're playing the music and fighting, um, I guess, I mean, I, in my head, I was just like, this is a big space for a fireman. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, also, yeah, remember that part's in, not important to, in, the, in, to this um, movie. In better places, yeah. I think that those folks actually get, get like paid a, proper a, money. a wage yeah. on which they can live. You know, I mean, it I might mean, not be, they might not be rich and wealthy, but yeah. they, can, they can live our That own. seems ridiculous. <laughs> they should come here. Let us show them the way. <laughs> no, they should not come here. No, do not, no one should come here. <laughs> Please don't. Um, um, but and 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 that's the thing, right? Uh, and yet another thing that that really connected me, or made a connection, made me make a connection between two of these movies was at the end of the day. Um, there's some movies, right, where well, maybe a lot of movies where you you, you kind of feel like it wasn't necessarily meant to be anything other than a job, or uh, something that was cookie cutter or something that was just, you know, fine. Neither of these movies, as much as we either love this one or probably didn't really like the other one, but neither of these movies could you say that this was ever meant to be just, I guess I came here for nine to five or they didn't actively like have a vision for what they wanted right both of those movies are exactly what they wanted them to be or at the very least there was a a, a specific vision that was um l- a, a, approached with with tender love and care and that is like I think something that needs to be applauded, especially nowadays. I mean, it, it's been a thing from, from day one in terms of, hey, you know, there are always going to be big blockbuster movies, whether they're cowboy movies, whether they're superhero movies, whether they're, um, you know, these, these like uh, sexy neo-noir movies, whatever they are, right? Um, but it always is a sight to behold, whether you love it or hate it. When you're able to watch a movie like this, when you say, you know what, it may be for me, but it may not be for me, but boy, this, this person's swinging for the fences. And this, this movie was, I, I'm still not sure if I'm 100% on board. I need to watch this movie again, but boy, this movie was special. Um, and there was a lot to enjoy. Yeah. This this movie is uh it wins the Lars von Trier Award for absolute lunacy. <laughs> and we happen to like these types of movies, so it makes it a lot easier. Uh but I cannot imagine handing this movie to uh Regs. <laughs> just like, hey, I have a movie for you. And just watch people tell you about your mother. Like, that is what this movie is. Yeah. When, when I watched can. this movie in September from yeah. TIFF online at home, yeah. Renato was with me. For she did not make it to seconds. the end. Yeah, for about <laughs> 10 seconds. Before Renato is like, I'm out. Big up yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, Andrew, you haven't... You, you told us what this movie is. I'm using quotations. Uh, but how do you like this movie, Andrew? 
I'm deeply and madly in love with this movie. Good, good, um, sir. I was from day one. I mean, I felt a little kind of like how Douglas was talking to the point of like, you, you love it and you know you love it, but at the same time, you want to watch it again to see more, right? To kind of dig into some of the pieces. Um, I think the thing for me and the one part you guys really haven't talked about, even though a little bit through like the righteous kill conversations is the how this movie uses body horror right and uses it in weird ways like this movie to me when i was watching it the first time when you get through like the righteous kill and stuff you start to think okay so is this movie going to be a movie in which like you're watching a woman go through all of the terrible things women go through and she gets to like lash out at it through violence right through just serial killer murdering and all of the things that go on through that but then it goes a step further to be like we're going to display how terrible these things are for women through just straight up body horror right and sure we can talk about the bonkersness of you know a person having sex with a inanimate object and all sorts of things that are involved in like understanding what's going on in this movie and it's one of those movies where it does it so well in just keep going without trying to explain it where you you keep having it in your mind where you're expecting like an explanation to come where they'll 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 click the the metaphors that you'll start to be like ah this movie is about x Right, even though the plot isn't about it, the movie is about X, and this is what the movie is trying to say. But it keeps going throughout the entire runtime of just kind of letting it go and letting it become a thing that now you have to decide what you saw in the movie. Did you see a metaphor of like women abused and having to deal with these things? Did you see a metaphor of of cars needing more love and attention? Right. Or did you just see uh, a Dexter spin-off show in France, right? Um, because the show gives you all of it, right? It gives you, like, I rewatched like, only around 40 minutes today because I just didn't have time. And I got to the point where she, where she be- basically starts, where she becomes the boy, right? Where she goes to the, pres- goes to the police station and does the whole lie. Um, but... Like, even when you see the scene of her murdering the beach house of people, right? It it treats it like a like a true slasher movie. Where like you you have fun. They're like highs and lows, they're ups and downs of like the murdering of something didn't go so right, something went very right, some lucky stuff going on. And it's just a fun slashing scene, serial killing scene. And then like you can go to the back half of the movie you guys are talking about, where there's this pregnancy going on and there's just cringe of every moment going step by step of this pregnancy and what she's doing to hide her identity. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Right. And then as she bleeds motor oil <laughs> throughout this movie, like you're just kind of like, this is bonkers insane. And I love it for it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um Titan. Titan. It's fantastic. Pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um Yeah, it was um, pretty good. Pretty, pretty It's it's just like it's movies like these that make me 
glad that I do this podcast with you idiots. Um, not that these movies wouldn't surface over time, but like having the ability to watch this lunacy and then having people to talk to about it. Because the last thing you want is to watch something like this and then have to look around and be like, oh no, I can't tell anybody about this. You're talking about my experience yeah. of two months ago yeah, where no. I was like, I want yeah. to talk to someone. Yeah. And then you guys are like, no, not yet. Yeah. It wasn't our fault, though. <laughs> we didn't go to TIFF. Uh, yeah, this mo- this movie and movies like this um, really reaffirm uh, my love of movies. Because Netflix is doing the opposite. Netflix is trying to make me never watch movies again. They're like, TV shows are the thing that well, make us the most money. So yeah, what if we make sure every movie that, that is the like worst? You, you might like it. I can't wait to watch that movie. I'm going to watch that movie some, soon. Listen, they made Quick with the Blam Blams this year, and I really, really love that movie. Um, <laughs> Which one is that? Oh, yeah. That's the one yeah. we talked about last <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do need to watch it again. Um, I still haven't um, watched it a second time. But that seems to be the exception that proves the rule. It's like that and Roma are the only two good things they've ever made. Thank you. Thank, thank you for, for keeping space Listen, for my Roma. At this at this point, and I, I, I don't to want to tell you this, Andrew, because I know what it's going to do, but I was wrong about Roma, sir. Boo. I, Boo. Saw, I saw that movie maybe three, four months ago and just kept quiet. <laughs> um, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> uh, much like there was some other movie that we talked about recently that I had seen, like Free Guy. I, Douglas talked about Free Guy, and I'd seen that movie and just went, yeah. I'm never speaking about this movie ever. <laughs> right. But I did rewatch Roma, and it's okay, it's, it's a good movie, Andrew. I mean, you knew, you knew this. Um, but yes, Andrew, I was in. I was wrong, and apologies, okay. apologies. Ten hail marys or whatever it is we do at this point. <laughs> who, who knows? Who cares? <laughs> but yeah, you have uh, to. You have to. You have to take. You have to take an offering to yeah. the Alfonso Cuaron shine. No, thank you. He's no, no. Uh, what I'll do instead is uh, ruin everyone's childhoods. Uh, by talking about Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> oh, yes. I want to talk about Cowboy Bebop. I mentioned yeah, it in the, in, the, in, the, in the chat. Um, um, where are we on the heat check of this show, guys? There, there's one, yeah, there's one episode that I genuinely enjoyed even more than its anime counterpart. And that's the one with Faye's mother. Um, <laughs> I very much enjoyed that episode. Everything else is below the benchmark but that tv show is fine yeah exactly <laughs> the it's, source material is great mm-hmm. the this live action adaptation is as good as they were ever going to make it the casting is spot on oh man i love jet i really do love jet, jet Actually, is I incredible like, spike I... is incredible uh you had said that vicious was ridiculous 
He is ridiculous. Uh, the more I see him, is the more I like him on screen. That me too, actually. So at the time when I said silly, it, I had only watched maybe two episodes. It. But yeah, he's he's good. He's good. So who I really like from the the core is I love Jet and I like Faye a lot. Um, to be honest, as much as I love Johnny Cho, because come on, who doesn't love Roldy? But um, mm-hmm. him, he's fine. Uh, he's he's not anything yeah. that like I I think of as being super positive. But it's he's actually great. whatever. It's actually something I think about with like story structure of like all of these things is that our defined protagonist in a lot of shows is the most bland most times. Like he yeah, is like exactly. clear cut. Like I must be. I must be good, neutral, and just do good things while all the characters mm-hmm. around you can be colorful and fun, like mm-hmm. Faye and Jet and Vicious yeah. and yeah. all of those things. So, like, I kind of get why, like, he would be our least liked, even though I think he's, like, an iconic character, if and only for style, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, And like, I did think it was fun that they had, like, the Matlock scene where he had the same suit, like, five or yeah. ten of the same suit in his, yeah. in his, in his yeah. closet. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's um, like, it's, it's strange to me to watch this show where, like, I don't want to be that guy who's like, just watch the original. But mm-hmm. everything that I watch in this show, as much as eventually I got to the point where I'm like, this show is okay. Like, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it as well as I was ever going to enjoy it, right? And I got into, like, Jet and Faye, and they were fun. Even even kind of liking some of the changes they decided to do, found it fun to, like, see how they, like, cribbed episodes and merged them yeah. and, like, did sorts of weird stuff with them. But at the end of the day, my brain is always sitting down and going, like, I just want to watch my anime. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, yeah. um... Cowboy Bebop more so than most animes was um, truly iconic and absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I like you, um, Andrew, and I think like you, Damon, even though you you are much more on the it is not as good as the cartoon side yeah. of the argument, it but it's not like you thought it was fine as well. Yeah, I. I, I had yeah. so the thing about this show, right? A, a, a couple of things. One, um, overall, I thought it was fine. Um, it was okay. It was a it was a decent um, TV show. Um, it. What I will say is that I really disliked like last two episodes. I think so much so that as the last episode was closing, I was actually. Based Fuck. on recency bias, going what? to say what's that? Andrew, what's Robinson? that, Andrew? I'm, I'm I'm responding to Douglas's statements. Uh, Fuck those <laughs> episodes, and more importantly, yeah. fuckhead. Yeah, right. Well, hold on, <laughs> right? But based on those two episodes <laughs> and recency bias, I was going to be like, you know what? I agree with everybody. This show is the worst, and I hate it. And then, in the last two seconds of the ep- of the last episode. Ed came along. And now listen, Ed cannot work in this live action television show. But after the two hours of absolute rubbish that I was watching, for them to just bring in like a a physical form of a carbon copy of a cartoon, I really enjoyed it. No, I know it can't work. 
I know I probably only enjoyed it because I hated the last two hours that came before it. <laughs> but I really enjoyed that, like, what, mm-hmm. one minute, two minutes that Ed was just like, just like the cartoon. And it was fun. But overall, the show was fine. One thing I will say about the show that I think the big change, well, it's not really a big change, but the big thing that I saw as a change that I thought actually was interesting was the technology. Um, so what I don't remember, and Andrew, you um, have watched the, the cartoon more recently than I have, so maybe I'm wrong. But what I don't remember um, being incorporated sir, in the sir, show... Sir, uh-huh. it is not a cartoon. Uh-huh. It is anime. 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 Okay. So Andrew, you have <laughs> watched cartoon. this children's cartoon yeah, more cartoon. recently than I have. <laughs> Right? In it. It's not for children. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so you can tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm right. But I do not remember them having the technology around the communication where, like, you do hologram calls and you are, like, there in the other place. Um, nope. and no you hollow, look like no hololens. There, right? And <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. It. And they actually use it. I feel like they use it once or twice, interestingly. But the, the big thing that I kind of remember, and this isn't necessarily like the great thing that, that I thought of. I remember thinking it was a little bit like on the nose and obvious at the time when I was watching it. But this is kind of one of the ways that you can use it, which was at the end where um, at one stage, somebody's like, ha ha, I'm not really here in a part of like a big set piece. Um, and so, you know, that was, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and listen, Jet Black was probably my favorite part of this show. Probably because he sounded so much like the cartoon. Um, but also, he was just fun, yeah. you know? Um, and things like when he interacts or, or, or chats with this, this lady that can get all sorts of information, but clearly loves him off. Yes. Um, oh, wants, boy. He, she wants that... a big slice of jet black. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> and then um, Faye Valentine... Yeah. Um, they they keep a lot of the 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 pieces of all of the puzzles, like all of the character arcs from the show, and they change you know minor details. As as you guys said that that episode with her fake mom mm-hmm. and the gangster boyfriend is yeah. mm, that's great. Um, but just how she interacts with with the team, how like they just have shenanigans. I would love for them to, because this has to be the plan, but I would love for them to kind of go beyond what Cowboy Bebop was and to have this show really just be them doing Mm -hmm. nonsense together all the time. And that would be a great television show that lasts Mm -hmm. for like, however long it lasts, actually. Maybe it can only last for three or four years. It could be the new Law Exactly. Would it just be the, the sounds of the starting of the tank song? It's just like and then yeah. that's the sound instead of yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I love by the way that this is one of the few shows that I don't skip the beginning for the, the opening credits for because I love the theme song so much. Yeah. And they use the same theme song. I think there was one episode where they, they use some sort of like remix version and I was a little upset about it. But um 
it's the same version or at least a very similar version apparently to... they got them they got yoko kano to come back and re-record yeah, so oh wow it's not the yeah. exact same it's, it's, it's definitely it's same, different yeah. but it's the same song yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah. very yeah. similar to But to I just found it like one. crazy. I don't know if there are legal reasons why they needed to no, do that. Maybe. Netflix <laughs> just has money and people like to flex. <laughs> this is, that's 100% of flex. Just yeah, like, yeah. let him re-record it. It definitely. We have Netflix. By movie. the way, funny unrelated but somewhat related story. I, because I watched the show and I realized despite watching it recently, how much of this show I don't remember still. I, I decided I was going to rewatch um, Cowboy Bebop, the original anime, again. I have now watched the first two episodes. Um, I have decided that it just makes more sense for me to be in Jamaica for Netflix nowadays. I can't bother with it anymore. I don't know if it has to do with me being in Jamaica, but Cowboy Bebop is on Netflix. I recently watched Cowboy Bebop on Hulu, which is like the version that I remember. When I watched it on Netflix, you know what I realized? It's the strangest like detail. But the version that Netflix has, again, maybe it's because I'm in Jamaica now and not the US, um, doesn't have English credits in the opening scenes. All the credits, all the words are in whatever. I don't know if it's kanji or... or you can just yeah, say Japanese. I, I don't know what it's called. But that that writing system, it's not in English. In mm-hmm. the Engli- or the whatever alphabet. Is it our Cyrillic alphabet? I don't know. It's not in our alphabet. Which I was just like, that's really strange. Because you'd think that they'd use the one that I guess I, I always mm-hmm. knew. But they don't. And... Um, so, so that's interesting, and that's also how I found out that I can't watch Hulu anymore because Shield is being a pain in my ass. Um, I can watch it on my computer, but Shield has some sort of error that I clearly need to wait for an update for. Thanks, NVIDIA. I mean, your version of Shield, the old version of Shield, works perfectly there fine. There you go. Yeah, I'm getting the PDEV error, which ah. I know is an error that is always associated with an old version of either yeah. an app. Or the thing that the app is running inside of, yeah. which means so, I just need to wait. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So I, I'm just double checking my Blu-ray that I have, and all the all the credits are in English text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's how I saw it on Hulu. Nice. Um, and why I'm really upset about the Hulu era is because the great second season just popped up like a few weeks ago, and I still have not been able to watch it. Uh, I'm waiting for the expanse so I can. Watch <laughs> Um, but there's something I want to talk about, Cowboy Bebop, and I mentioned it before, which is like the the style thing, right? Which is like the 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 style that they're trying to capture, the style of anime. Like it's not even like they they took the characters and they made John Wick, but everything is Cowboy Bebop, right? Everything is Spike Fay and Jet and Vicious. They really, really wanted to make you feel like this was animated, but with real people. Um, and not just in caricature, but even in color grading, in how things are shot, in how in how things are just presented in the world. Even when you see like see even action scenes, like they they frame it in ways, but it's almost impossible. And I wonder about these things. 
Um, I think a lot about how animation is created and how it is edited and how it is structured. Um, I, I think back to the video um, Tony Zhao did about Satoshi Kon, where Satoshi Kon was talking about editing and talking about how in animation, somehow, some reason, they're able to use less frames to show you a thing and your brain is able to register it and understand it. Mm-hmm. While with live action, like you need more, you need more frames. I don't know what it is about it, the mental, the coloring, the way things are done in a film camera where you can't really get the contrast between objects to be as crazy or it just looks wrong kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it perturbed me to see Cowboy Bebop basically making frame-by-frame recreations of sequences. Like, even in the first episode where you see the the red-eye stuff with the guy and the fight scene that that comes with that in the bar, where in the anime, and maybe it's just I have all these things so fresh in my mind, um, where they switch between the first-person perspective and what's going on in the scene and the ways in which the anime is able to quickly switch between and your brain can kind of just get everything. And it makes the TV show feel almost like it's in slow motion a lot of the time where there are scenes and shots that just feel like I'm like, why am I still on this shot? Right. And it just felt wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, it just i don't know how what i can do to what 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 filmmakers can do to make it any different and the only thing i can point to to say as a thing which i know is based on an anime and the movie is incredible and they do stuff i don't they definitely don't do this thing which is to have all of these scenes in this way is is speed racer right like that's that's the golden standard in my head for someone making live anime that's not the standard right? for anything <laughs> um like this show just feels it feels it like so much of of movies of are of these sorts of entertainment it's one of those things in which you can tell that everything you watch someone spent an inordinate amount of time making right but it only takes the brain 3 seconds to say something is shit Right. And somehow, like, it's it's almost this trick that people play on you mentally where you want to watch a thing in which everything looks easy. It looks like somebody spent no effort at all and it looks right. But at the same time, that person spent an inordinate amount of time. But it's only but the one time your brain looks at it, it looks like there is so much effort like you can feel the effort in everything about this show mm-hmm. and it just comes off as being not good not not before we talk about stories mm-hmm. or any of that kind of shit right it just it just doesn't feel good right <laughs> so um i uh, spent some time i don't remember when lockdown has been 14 years so sometime in the past 14 years during this quarantine, I spent, I think, two hours having someone break down 15 minutes of Akira. And uh, off the back of that, I watched someone else, um, I think Wired. Wired has this lady who is explaining the uncanny valley. And... Basically, what those two things come down to is when you see reality, your brain instinctively knows what reality is 
And so whenever something comes close but isn't quite right, your brain picks it up immediately because we've been trained and evolved all throughout time to pick up subtle differences in what is supposed to be there and what isn't supposed to be there. That is how we stayed alive and are here now. But with animation, because it isn't reality, your brain does the thing that it does with audio. If you put audio, if you put, if you write down what you're supposed to hear, even if that is not what the actual audio is, your brain will make the leap for you. Your brain is just like, this is what's supposed to happen. And so it that's how it works with animation as well. You know what's supposed to happen, so they are able to animate instead of every frame. They can do every half frame, every quarter frame, in order to trick your brain into something being faster. They can purposely skip frames to force your brain to say, this is happening faster. Yeah. And you do it with animation, no problem, because that isn't real. You don't know what it's supposed to look like, so it's just it comes off as stylistic when you see it that way. The thing with movies, though, is that we've been trained all our lives to watch movies in 24 frames. If you turn on frame smoothing on your TV right now and have your I will TV myself. insert... <laughs> up to five additional frames at 120 hertz, you will immediately see it and go, I do not like any part of this. <laughs> Take yep. this nonsense off of my screen. Yep. And it's it also why certain things work better in animation, right? So right. for example, Crouching Tiger, right? Mm -hmm. Like though, And I'm not going to use Crouching Tiger as an example because we all love Crouching Tiger. Right. Those kind of effects where you jump and you, you, you kind of just float in the air. Mm -hmm. You immediately say, hmm, something looks off with that. Yeah. But when you see it in a cartoon, you're like, oh, he's flying. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. It's, it's coming out <laughs> yeah. It's fine, right? Yeah. Or like it, when they're running on the top of um, tree leaves, tree it's leaves, the same yeah. thing, right? right. It, your brain is like, this your, is Your nonsense. brain is like, oh, this is fine in cartoons. Yeah. But in real life, you're like, look at look at how those leaves are moving. Yeah, he's not actually walking on that leaf. silly movie. So, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, it's why... They're like for a long time they couldn't get actual flight in movies to look good. It just looked like trash. <laughs> Cause in your head you're just like, that is not what this is supposed to look yeah. like. And even nowadays, some yeah. of those like flight stuff or whatever, when it's especially when it's all CG, yeah, like when the people move in certain ways that are just too fluid. You're yeah, like, that you're doesn't just look like real. that's not yeah. you know nice try, guys. Yeah. Um and so when Cowboy Bebop tries to do both, because it's making a standard TV show in standard TV show ways, but it's trying to um, copy the style of this cartoon. Especially you who are very familiar with both the source material and what television is supposed to look like. Your brain is struggling to piece both together. And instead of doing that your brain is actively screaming at you this is wrong <laughs> um what's terrifying is that there's people who can't see these things because they there's people who from the day they bought their tv frame smoothing was on and so they've just seen everything like that and don't know any better <laughs> and for them this just look oh this just look fine 
I wonder if this show, quote unquote, looks fine if you turn on frame smoothing, or yeah. like they shot it to be used. In frame Not smoothing. for you, because it, because it, because it almost looks like a show. Which, like it feels like it should be smooth. It's it's too late for you, Andrew. <laughs> um, if you turn frame smoothing on, you'll stop watching TV. <laughs> Your brain will keep shouting at you. This ain't it. Um, but so, like in in video games, right? Uh, after up to a certain um, um, frame rate, the brain is just like, yeah, man, this is smooth enough. Uh, but they've done studies where the further you push the frame rate is the better people are able to adjust. So your brain adjusts to whatever you give it. So while 30 frames a second feels good, if you bump it up to 300 frames, you'd think, no, after 120 frames, I'll be fine. But once you get to 300 frames, if they cut that frame rate back in half, you will immediately go, this is not going to work. I do not know what is happening here, but I do, do not want this. And it happens with audio too. When you had bad headphones, the music sounded fine. You bought better headphones, and your brain didn't have to do enough as much work. And so you get used to that. And so if you put on back the headphones you used to listen to and play the same music, your brain will go, let me be very clear. <laughs> I don't have time for <laughs> But you're like, brain, I used to listen to those headphones and they're like, sure, but I don't want to listen to it now. Right. You'll find it fatiguing, hard to listen to, but you used to listen to music on actual garbage. <laughs> Just a box with a speaker magnet. <laughs> it was like, this sounded great. If you try playing anything, if Douglas ever gets his old speakers back and like tries to listen to music, through the, he'll kick them straight through the wall. <laughs> but the brain is remarkable um, at what it will do. Uh, but uh, listen, uh, if you have three hours, I can send you two links so that you can hear the experts tell you. But that's not a great way to, to use three hours. What you can do is watch Titan again. <laughs> that's what you should. Or I can start the Cowboy Bebop anime again. Or since you have five days, you should start watching The Expanse is what you should. <laughs> um, so yeah, listen, Cowboy Bebop is fine. I'm sure people who had never seen the source material would probably like this. Um, but there's no way for us to know because we can't travel through time. The the best thing I can say to this show is it got, as I mentioned, it got to a point where I was fine with the show and I enjoyed what it was doing. And I started to get hopes to be like, all right, cool. Season two, when they run out of source material, source material and they have to write their own shenanigans, I'm there for that. I'm, I'll watch some of that and see what happens. Also, big ups to Ayn. Ayn is the second MVP of the show. Uh, God, I love Ayn. Um, but yeah, I can just round out what I've been watching for the for this now. Uh, the Expanse starts in five days. I watched Bebop so that we could have this conversation. The only other thing I've seen. <laughs> so in Expanse Watch, where are you? Oh no, I'm done. I'm done again. Oh, you're I'm done. Ready. Okay. Yeah, Damien, Damien is doing this right. <laughs> yeah. I unfortunately have about a season and a half no. to watch in six days. Yeah. So um, 
uh, I think I need to go on sick leave. <laughs> I, yeah, I take the expanse real serious. You know how you people who are killing yourselves over Game of Thrones, a bad TV show? Uh, I'm killing myself over a good TV show, The Expanse. <laughs> I'm still sitting on episode one. Still, yeah. still yeah, haven't I'll, pulled I'll that trigger. You're garbage. <laughs> and yeah. I hate you. <laughs> uh, so, Douglas... Right. Sure, I haven't actually watched. Exactly. I, yeah, my list is yeah. very short. I haven't watched a lot. I'll yeah. just say, I watch Hawkeye. It's fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I did watch Hawkeye. Um, yeah. Uh, I have also watched a movie. I'm going to uh, just say a movie that I, watched I just want to say. Times. Hawkeye reminded me that I didn't actually finish the Aha and Fraction Hawkeye run of comics, and I've now ordered the full run, like to. To read through, hopefully I'll get it this weekend. And Douglas is talking about more it. cartoons. Can you help this man? <laughs> <laughs> Yay! But I have a cartoon movie that I watched, which is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, um, the best movie cartoon movie. It's just incredible. So good. <laughs> it's, I, it's going to make me sad when I finally have children and they don't like that movie because I'm going to have to throw them out of my house. Like oh, I forgot, I'm gonna do so much work to make sure your children don't like Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're like, Daddy, Irons Rambo One movie. is better than Rambo Two, yeah. and you'll just like me. Oh, let me oh, let me explain. Andrew. If I if I even think that is where they're going, I'm going to have one less child. <laughs> <laughs> Musicals are greater than westerns. I mean, I mean, good luck with that. <laughs> I'd like you to test that theory. I can't wait for Noah to tell you, hey, daddy, crying movies are better than... <laughs> oh, wait. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. like, you make cowboy movies, son. Yep. Uh, so, so um, yeah. on top of that, I also watched um, something that I'd like to call Dog Wick, mm-hmm. but everybody else calls the newest season of Big Mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and weirdly enough, for that show... I it took me a while to to actually press play because it had been on for a while and I kind of felt like I would probably feel the same way that Andrew felt about Rick and, Rick Morty, and Morty which is yeah. I mean why am I still watching this yeah. this is rubbish um but I can't remember if it, was, if it was the first episode or the second episode but there was something in one of those where I was like you know what this is actually quite good <laughs> and um, kept going. And um, there is a, a Christmas. There are actually two Christmas episodes, I think, but one in particular that has a bunch of vignettes. And one of them has to do with essentially it's John Wick, but the dog is John Wick. Yeah. And it's probably not that funny, but just the concept is hilarious. I mean, me. you sent me the clip and I was in stitches. <laughs> so, yeah. I watched the clip. I think I heard that joke before by someone else, but whatever, it was yeah. fine. Um, oh, okay. I, re- I, I don't know if I ever finished the first season of Big Mouth. You're a bad person. <laughs> I can't remember. I know I'm not into it as much as you guys. You're oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so and, and listen, I don't know why I'm into it as much as no, I am. I really should it's funny, Douglas. Douglas, you know, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it is I feel hilarious. like my best memory of that show is the fact that they, the, the theme song was Changes. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. And that is another show that I never skipped the intro of anymore mm-hmm. because one time I found out that they changed the, the um, intro and yeah. made jokes in there and so every time now I, I watch it so that I get whatever jokes they are um, and I'm okay with that because 
that change his song is amazing. Um, is, is, the, is her name Maya Angelou? That's not her name. You're talking about Maya Rudolph? Yeah, Maya Rudolph. Is yeah, Maya Rudolph yeah. is in there. Yeah. Um, she she's the best part of that show. <laughs> is she the best part? She's definitely yeah. great. Like, yeah. A, a good part. Um, yeah. Because her, like, I like her, Tandy Newton. Right, Tandy her, Newton is in her the last counterpart is is teenage boy puberty, which is the worst thing. Like he's the most disgusting. Yeah. But she is so good because you think she'd be better, but she's just as bad. <laughs> and she does it in a, in this sing songy way, this less creepy way. But yeah. all her advice is like burning down the house. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's always oh my god uh, that that show is fantastic yep um, it's great and but it's not the expanse so i'm very sorry <laughs> fair enough the last thing that i'll talk about is and we all knew i'd, I'd be watching this show mm-hmm. um magic game of thrones the wheel of time I am surprised at how not trash it is. Not bad. <laughs> I think this show is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know that it's good. It isn't good. It can't I, be good. I can, but tell you I that am it's not, not like not enjoying it. You know that way. I know that a lot of it has to do with me having a strong relationship yeah. with the source material. And I'm definitely watching and thinking, oh, they changed this, they changed that. And also thinking about like seeing how they make certain things more efficient. Like there is um uh there is a point in this show where where uh, one of the fellas, one of the, the boys, Matt, picks up a knife and he picks it up and he's like, Oh, a knife, I'll keep it. And they move on. And I can tell you, Damian, well, you say you've read the first I read book, the so first you know. Book, yes. Um, there is like two or three chapters about how he gets that knife. Yeah. And yeah. Like I I remember when I saw them do that, I was like, yeah, that's all you really need to know about this. He has a knife and eventually it, it will, will come up. Yes. It will come up. Yeah, it will come thing, up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, but, that's all that needs to matter. Yeah. Um and and so I I'm kind of enjoying the show. But I would almost wonder, like, what regular people <laughs> would think about the show. Like, somebody who doesn't already like the thing that they're pretending to like, like me. <laughs> Dune, this show is not. I yeah, only saw not. the one episode <laughs> and I was just like, I-, I guess you guys are doing this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the thing. Listen, I give Game of Thrones a lot of shit because it wasted six years of my life with terrible seasons. But that mm-hmm. first season went. Was on point. Like, yeah. they st- that first episode, they were kicking boys out of towers. And by the <laughs> end of the season, they were chopping off people's heads and there was dragons. Mm-hmm. And so that, that show got me in immediately. Yeah. This slow burn thing. Listen, I understand... It's on Amazon. You can take as much time as you want. You don't have to hook people immediately. But that first episode needed to have something that like pulled you in. Yeah. But it's not even just that, Damien. I think the real problem, and this is why I've always been worried about all of these folks that are like, hey, we're going to make it into a TV show. You tell me, Damien, 
those books aren't particularly punchy. They are like just nerdy magic. That's all it really is. Right, you but, know? But like the Lord of the Rings books weren't particularly punchy. No, they weren't. But I, I will say that they do way. try. Yeah. So for example, that first episode has that like I guess it might not be actually great, but that, that big action scene in the town where she fires magic yes. and saves everybody. Yeah. That did not happen in the book. How the book dealt with it was the boy spent about five chapters dragging his father to the town and they got to the town and the townspeople was like, yeah, there was a fight. Mm -hmm. Like, so, so the TV show clearly knows, all right, we need to yeah. like make this thing punchier. But it's, I, 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 I don't know. I say all of that <laughs> except like my favorite thing on TV, that first episode wasn't the greatest. Oh, no. The Expanse yeah. first episode doesn't do this, but the Expanse mm. is the Expanse, so it gets to do anything it feels like. <laughs> um, yeah. But yes, once yeah. once I see because the Expanse they're putting out one episode a week, so yes, they are. So Ugh. after I see that episode and watch it say three times, I will start watching other things. To fill I assume the, the first time. week they'll do what they've been doing lately, which is the first week is like maybe two or three episodes. I don't think and so because there's so one. few episodes, and oh, really? apparently they're like all feature length, so they're all like oh. an hour and a half. I think okay. there's like six episodes, and all of them are an hour and a half, something like that. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I'll get, I'll listen. I'll keep watching Wheel of Time. Um, yeah. I should. There's a lot. There's a laundry list of stuff that I need to. to I know, watch right? Once. There's, there's really is a lot of stuff because, I, I mean, I haven't watched it not, not for like a trying, but I haven't watched a great. Yeah. Um, I still haven't watched Jungle. I almost said Jungle Fever, Jungle Cruise, um, yeah. which came on Disney Plus mm -hmm. a few a few weeks back, maybe a month ago now. Um, there's a couple Netflix shows that I want to watch. Um, there's well not Netflix shows sorry Netflix movies mm -hmm. um, Netflix in the next few couple of weeks Netflix will have The Witcher which of course I'm going to watch a second season of um, and there, there's so many things there's a couple of Apple shows like I've been in the middle of watching Dr. Brain which is actually it's kind of cool it's kind of okay and plus there's a Will Ferrell show on, on Apple TV uh, like there's a bunch of things right now um, that yeah. are, are on it's the end so, of your flurry yeah. right Speaking um, of end of year flurry, Andrew Robinson. <laughs> How does it look outside? Yes. <laughs> well, no, it's been fine for the last few days. It's been mm -hmm. good. Um, so what I've been watching, and I will once again do this in the order of level of interest I expect from you guys, low to high. So I'll start at the lowest of interest to you guys. Um, King Richard, the Venus and Serena William Smith movie. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very excited it, to see that. It's fine. Um, I as much. It's 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 strange where like there's a point in the movie where like you know uh, Will Smith plays Richard Williams, the mm -hmm. father of Venus and Serena, and he's like in the ghetto court, like playing tennis with them, and then they're like some gangsters showing up. And in my head, all I could do as I had the song of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air ah. playing, mm -hmm. <laughs> where I'm like, it's just the Fresh Prince all yeah. over again. Uh. <laughs> um. And stuff, but the the movie's good. It's 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 strange to me where like it's obviously as much as it is the story of Richard 
mm-hmm. um, Richard Williams, and you can put as many grains of salt into the story they portray versus the real person, because on top of everything else, I generally don't trust movies like this where they're based on real people who are still alive to like mm-hmm. tweak what's said about them and be... Also, when you see a movie developed like this for Will Smith, where like Will Smith isn't out here to play a dirtbag, yeah, right? <laughs> um, you know, he'll do a little dirtbaggery mm-hmm. for the sake of like saying it's a character, yeah. But he doesn't. He he will. I don't think Will Smith will ever make a movie where he is like completely abhorrent, yeah, right. Um, but this movie to me is like a is like a cross a cross of um. The pursuit of happiness and moneyball right and i kind of respect like the moneyball vibes to it i like i really really love moneyball it's like one of one of my favorite of those ilk of movies i'm sure um, that's moneyball that's new <laughs> let me check is that is that in the is that yeah, in the bingo card yeah just checking um, real quick okay all right yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and will smith does will smith things and it's it's fine. Um, moving down the list, I finally watched Venom Two. Venom, let there be carnage. Yeah. I think I've come to a life decision that I think I'm a Venom person. I think I've I think I've decided like arbitrarily I'm going to like these Venom movies, right? I understand that they're bad, Very. right? That they are that they are super cartoony and dumb. But they're super cartoony and dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, Venom goes for a night on the town and it is genuinely funny. Yes. Like I like there has been this like this um rhetoric going around on the internet and I have completely bought into it that Venom is a rom com. Right? Yeah. Between Venom and Eddie Brock. Yeah. Where they are in a relationship and the movie takes a structure of it like they go off of part one where now venom mm-hmm. and eddie are together and they're doing their best to work together to like venom is like you eddie's like venom you can't eat people and venom is like i must be venom and like he does what he can to accommodate but they're still like clashing with each other and the, it's the ridiculous. sad the sad part about that movie is the parts of that movie that don't work are the superhero movie parts of the movie yeah where it's just Venom yeah. and Eddie Brock being dumb. And also, the, at this point, the voice of Venom is Bane. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just, like, you just I, hear it and you're like, that's Bane. Like, like, you could put a little bit more mask muffling onto it to make it more bane There's a point where Venom takes over the shopkeeper. Oh, it's so good. And they don't realize what is taking place for a while. And then he obviously I, gets caught. And... <laughs> They start a running gag where Venom hits Eddie Brock's wife, fiance. Venom hits him. And so he is doing the most. And it is <laughs> never not funny. Uh, the problem is there's a movie in between those. <laughs> I have chosen and to that ignore movie, that. <laughs> that movie, Douglas is real bad <laughs> don't worry i will eventually watch this movie and i Eddie. i remember <laughs> not liking the first one and mm-hmm. i think i'm going to try and watch the first one again too watch it again. um because i felt like just like what you're saying with this one andrew i remember at the time thinking 
maybe there's just something that hasn't clicked that mm-hmm. but the, but it could click and based on what i'm hearing about this one it could yeah it, it, uh, i'm down for shenanigans we all I know love, this there's not that <laughs> I many love shenanigans the, though douglas i just let you know i <laughs> love seeing the stuff. off-screen gun that's been pointed at michelle williams to keep her in this movie <laughs> oh no you mean the bag of money that they have it's called a paycheck <laughs> yes this is giant pile of sony money that they're just like listen we let you go like she's never coming back in any of those movies it's clear that they're transitioning away from whatever these movies are but um, who i'm actually upset about is is tom hardy i would love for him no not to do Listen here, Tom. I know you listen, right? <laughs> no more Al Capone movies. But you have to let him do it. I'd like, love just to see them. another lock. I'd mm-hmm. love to see, you know, another taboo. I'd love to see definitely talk oh, to taboo. your friend Chris Nolan. Like, get some proper movies going, man. Uh, like, it's been a while. When Warner Brothers call him and he's like, now that we've remade Batman, it is time. We need a full Bane movie <laughs> and call him back and he has to get b- jacked again and just uses the Venom voice the whole time. Actually, mm. you know what? If uh, Peaky Blinders is supposed to come back soon, if all he does for the rest of his life is just more Peaky Blinders, well, actually, I don't think he can. But if he does, then I'll be happy with that. Apparently, <laughs> apparently the next movie Tom Hardy has on deck is a movie by the name of Havoc. Mm-hmm. which is directed and written by Gareth Evans with none other than Forrest Whitaker and Timothy Oliphant in it as well. So I'm like, okay. that, sounds like a, yeah, that sounds that sounds like, like a thing. Yeah. Abject <laughs> lunacy. All right, cool. And they claim he's in Mad Max, but I doubt it. Um, I mean, he'd have to be. Anyways. I mean, oh wait. He's Max. No, they claim Mad Max. No, no they claim no. it's Mad Max is supposed to be Furiosa young yeah young so furiosa, i don't know if right? like what i'm seeing here is like a official mad max movie mm-hmm. and the furiosa is like titled differently and it's a different thing but in my head like because i know the next mad max is supposed to be furious i just see yeah, the title and i'm like remember, i don't know if that's Hollywood a real is movie still sexist as shit, so he's just going to be there at some point <laughs> being mad max like it's a furiosa movie sure but he's just like Speaking the last one he was Hollywood. in that movie but that wasn't his movie i know <laughs> Speaking of sexist Hollywood, fellas, mm-hmm. I sent you uh, a YouTube clip earlier in the group. Yes. Because I learned something today that I could not believe. Um, I was watching the great Caravan of Garbage. Yes. And saw a clip <laughs> and said, no, this cannot be real. Mm-hmm. Did you know that there was a Mrs. Oh, Colombo okay. yes, television I series? I am aware of this. I, and, if I did, I blanked it. And like, so I, I saw this clip. I was actually looking for a GIF to send you guys just with whatever the, the opening thing was. But I, I, I couldn't find it, so I just took the YouTube clip. And I actually clicked play for like a half a second. And it literally starts her, starts with her washing clothes. And I was just like, really? <laughs> really? What, really? Why would you do this? Like washing woman, clothes and cleaning house. And I assume woman. then she goes on to, to, to solve crimes. She's a lady person. What else <laughs> oh <they>? my God. <laughs> I mean, they had one write crimes before they could solve it. So, you know. <laughs> um, anyways, last thing I want to talk about. 
um, which mm-hmm. as Douglas was listing off TV shows, I'm like, I wonder if Douglas was watching this secretly and not telling me. Um, but there's this show that I've been watching and it just finished um, on Apple Plus um, by the name of Acapulco. Have you, any of you guys heard or watched this show? I saw the trailer and it Stop looked bad, so I did not watch TV it. Shows, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the Will Ferrell show, which I have no. watched an episode and a half of, but decided yeah. not to talk about. I've, yeah. I've watched an episode and a half of it and I've not quite sunk my teeth into it. So, you know. Um, but anyways, Acapulco. Um, it is a TV show on Apple+. Plus. It is a story of a man by the name of Maximo. Um, mm-hmm. And he, it, it, it's like two sides of a story, right? You have Maximo, the old man, um, where what he is, is he's telling the story of his life um, growing up in Acapulco. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's telling it to his nephew. And so like a lot of the show is them switching back to the past of this story that he's telling where he is a young man working at a hotel Andrew, in Acapulco. quick question. Before yeah. you saw this movie, did you know where Acapulco was? Yes. Okay, great. Is it where that I hear him say Acapulco mm-hmm. as opposed to Acapulco? But, um, mm-hmm. um, and I, in my head, I immediately hear Santo Poco. <laughs> <laughs> and El Guapo and El Jefe. I mean, it is not weird. It oh, I love that R show word. so much. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yes. that's basically the premise of the show. And it's, mm-hmm. like, a, it's like a ridiculous comedy okay. of like just telling these stories to this child. Is it and a all telenovela the shit. type show? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. Um, and it, telling the stories of his, of his youth. Um, and the show is ridiculous. It is a dumb comedy like all of the past stories are set in the 80s so you have all of the ridiculous 80s colors like you have the 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 singers the entertainment of the hotel who are like singing pop star pop songs like popular music of the 80s but in spanish um and you get all of the ridiculous stuff of just hotel shenanigans of people trying to like fleece foreigners and figure mm-hmm. out what's going on and like it plays itself very much in like a how I met my mother kind of vibe uh-huh. of like s- telling the stories of your past should, where you like should rewatch re- that TV show. Um, I, what I'd want to do rewatching that show is figure out what is the stopping point where the show stops being good <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> officially, right? Yeah. As opposed, like whatever. But this show Acapulco is pretty fun. It's ridiculous. It's incredible. Like even the current time story of like him talking to his nephew, like he's just a ridiculous man, ridiculously wealthy man. And he has a butler. Like there's an episode where he's trying to explain to his nephew the value of being invisible and then he uses a butler as an excuse as an example of it all where he's like i taught the butler and he just like disappears and reappears and disappears and it's like a really dumb yeah oh uh, shit andrew you're saying i need to watch this because i yeah. did see the trailer i got all the vibes that you, you're talking about the the how i met your mother vibes but i just kind of decided you know what it's Can't apple tv yeah. this doesn't look that strong if this is a weak uh, how I met your mother, I'm going to be upset. So, <laughs> is, is it worth it, really? It Should is, I try? It is definitely worth it. All right, uh-huh. um, and I mean, it also helps that um, the guy who plays adult Maximo, who's telling the story, um, is the same guy who was in the movie I talked about a while back, Coda, who played what I call the Tucci role. Ah. And he is, he continues to be really good, 
right? Also, and I'm also Tucci. <laughs> like he learned from the Tucci school the, the of acting. Tucci. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I quite I quite appreciate it. Um and it's a pretty fun show. It just finished, so it's ten episodes, they're like short, they're like thirty minute episodes, so you guys can breeze through that in like a day because you have nothing else to do with your days. And the expanse. <laughs> Yeah, just skip, like, put the expanse on pause for, like, two hours and Sorry, you'll be done I'm, with I'm this not, season. I'm not sure what you... There was static on the line a while ago. <laughs> it's weird. Um, so, yeah. Acapulco. It's a really fun show. Oh. And it's really dumb. And I look forward to whenever season two happens. I'm hoping it's soon. I hope it's... I hope they don't take their time being like, oh, this one worked. I think right. Apple needs as much content as they can. So I think they're just pumping out as many shows as they can get their hands on at this point. Um, yeah. yeah. What is the next good Apple show? I don't know what's coming up next. Um, Foundation, obviously. Right, um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's coming up next. There's something in January that I want to watch, but I think it's a movie. The oh, the Macbeth movie the is Spence. coming up next. Look, I, I, I love the coins as much as the next man, but... I don't know if I can watch another Macbeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it's going to be bad. And actually, people are saying that it's going to be bad. But I'm going to watch it. I'm looking forward to it. Right, it says Coen Brothers. I'm, so exactly. Yeah. And it's not really the brothers. It's only one of them. Don't matter. Um, I, I'm, I'm contractually obliged. Yeah. What can I say? Yeah. I get I, you. I watched this Edgar Wright movie. It's bad. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> 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 like you, you, yeah. you, there's directors that if they say they're doing another Macbeth, you'll cringe, but you're going to watch it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll do it begrudgingly, but you're still going to. Yeah, are we mm. tired of it? Yeah. Like you feel about Macbeth how I feel about all World War II movies, but you still end up watching them. <laughs> the yeah. rules That's are because, the rules. Uh, the, the yeah. ones I choose to pick, I choose to watch. They're like, we're going to put lots of style in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, on, well, both of these already exist. But in terms of Apple TV, when I say already exist, I mean they're already watchable. Um, a couple of things I've been thinking about watching is they did a Velvet Underground um, documentary, which was actually directed by Todd Haynes, I believe. So I yeah, want yeah. to watch that because of Todd Haynes. And the Velvet Underground are cool. I I have one of their albums. I need to get more. Um, and people have been talking a lot about Peter Jackson's miniseries about the Beatles. No, and thank so I'm you. That's thinking on about watching it. No, thank that's you. That's on Disney. Oh, that's Disney? Whoops. Yeah. There you go. No, thank <laughs> it you. just goes no. to show how, <laughs> how I view these things. It's just like, it's the internet. I can watch <laughs> it on my on my television box. the only other show <laughs> on apple plus that i've watched that i know we've not really talked about um is tehran mm-hmm. oh um, i like the poster of that and is it good should i watch it's it? okay it's okay. it's pretty much it's pretty much like a um it's what was the name of that show that show on showtime that we watched and then we forgot about at some point which was a spy thriller I, I didn't forget about it i actually watched it the whole way through because <laughs> i'm a crazy person um <laughs> Uh, with Carrie. Um, yeah, geez. it's that show, yeah. but now set it, the, the we we are now the Iranians, right? And there's a a young woman who is the spy, and you go through that, and it's a pretty fun like thrillery show that just kind of goes. But it's one of those shows where 
like you know that they will if if they have the chance they'll make it work um but i'm really not looking forward to many it continuing i'm like all right it's done let's be done with it um yeah but yeah yeah that's kind of all we've been talking about throughout podcasting land um as wikipedia tells me they need more money I should give Wikipedia. You know what? Sh- you know what show looks like. Uh, well, it no one told me about how many people cried, but it's too late to say you're sorry. How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. She's not there. Well, let me tell you about the way she looked, the way she had to. Well, no one told me about